You're listening to the Mountain Wellness Podcast. Mountain Wellness is a health and wellness lifestyle brand empowering mountain athletes for outdoor adventure. Yeah, no pro pools is not recording. Zoom is recording. Yeah, we're good. Wait. Ready to roll? Yeah. Do it. What's up, mountain athletes and outdoor adventurers? Welcome to another episode of the Mountain Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Reed. And as always, join with my good friend and co-host, Mike Maina. What's going on, my brother? Uh, California to Montana. Let's ride. Dude, it's been a week here in Montana, I'll tell you that. I just the saw weather's snow been falling. Pounding. Yeah. Right? I follow a couple of Instagram accounts and stuff, and I could just I just watching the snow come down. And then your pictures were amazing. Oh man, dude, we got dumped on. So we, I think we got 20, 24 inches or something like that up in Montana City and about, yeah. I don't know, just over 20 down in the valley in Helena. Nice. And dude, it was incredible. I was how, like, bring, bring it on. How cold did it get? Like, what was the. Uh, so it was in the teens pretty much the whole weekend, but I think Saturday night we dropped down to like 10 below zero oh wow <laughs> that's some cold action yeah and the joke around in uh everybody's been saying well maybe now everybody that's moved here will be re reconsidering their <laughs> <laughs> they just got blasted <laughs> <laughs> and i think i even put a i put a facebook post out that said something like hey all, to all my california friends that are thinking of moving to montana uh winter shows up early around here <laughs> <laughs> totally i could i could see the wives of the guys that moved there it's like hey honey i was looking at the brochure i don't see anything about the arctic blast in there <laughs> you left that out <laughs> Well, that's just it. It's like, it's so different than Utah or Colorado yeah. um, because we're further north and we just get those Arctic Canadian storms that, yeah, you know, drop down and different jet stream altogether. Yeah. And we're just still, we're still, you know, 70s here. It's pretty neutral. I just realized we like start every podcast out with weather. But I guess that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you had a blast. I mean, you had some real weather there. I mean, yeah. did you, and you it's drove a big part of to well, the snow through the snow? I mean, you're driving through no, the snow. And all that, or? It's melted off. We okay. it, it it dumped uh, over the weekend. Okay, and it's funny because Kayla, uh, what was it? I don't know. Saturday or Sunday morning, she's like, "I'm gonna go shovel," and I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "Well, we got to be able to get out to like the driveway," and it was probably up to our hips. And when you open the front door, I wasn't expecting it. I walked out on Saturday morning and opened the front door and literally snow fell in uh, to the house. Awesome. And I was like, dang, all right. I said it was going to, said we had a storm coming in, but I wasn't expecting that. So anyways, Kayla goes out there and she shovels for like three hours. I'm watching the boys inside and <laughs> dang, she comes in just totally wiped out. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then what, two days later, it all melted off, so. Oh, yeah. Snow's heavy. Yeah, right. Forget about that. Snow's heavy. It's early in the season. That's what I was trying to tell her. I, I She ah. was pretty confident it was going to stick around, but I mean, we're not even, what, the end of October. So, but it's pretty, you know, that's the way Montana rolls. It likes to, likes to come quick. Seasons yeah. change quick around here. Yeah, like the Sierras. Well, how about California you guys still? 
Yeah, no, it's still, still uh, 70s, 80s, probably today. A little bit of that dry wind, October, Halloween weather. Oh, I love the Santa Ana winds that start rolling in in SoCal in the, this time of year. Yeah, but fire seasons are like the biggest fear right now. It's like, okay, I mean, Irvine, I guess somewhere around there, they've got a big old fire going. They had to evacuate thousands of people. I'm thinking, I was hoping we were over it, but uh, we might, next month or so, we might. Do you hit think it that's again. because of. Is it lack of moisture? Is it is it just wildland management? With because I've heard that too. Like there's been such huge budget cuts in California and a lot of the the land that was maintained by Forest Service and different agencies is no longer. So when those fires do come through, it's just a lot more fuel. I've heard. I've heard. I read yeah. that from like a smoke jumper guy or one of the one yeah. of the guys who was in it. He was just like, yeah, they just there's issues with uh like you said clearing and, and fuel clearing kind of thing yeah because uh, i, I know when some, i was a, a yeah. fire cadet when i was 18 with ventura county fire department that was a in this time of year going around and checking on people's property to make sure they did their brush clearance and basically prepping for fire season was a big part of department duties uh this time of year you know i'm also hearing right and I'm, I'm also hearing that uh, downed lines and issues with big companies that have these power lines. Uh, um, I know the Irvine one, they were checking to see if it was sparked by uh, some kind of downed line or they were doing some kind, some kind of maintenance work. Um, but there's some big issues with, with – they'll do rolling blackouts now for, during the windstorms just to keep the power lines – they'll shut the electricity off just because of the, of the wind. Oh, is that some of the reason why they do the rolling blackouts? Uh, well, they do for, it sometimes for heat. You know, if it's just too warm they'll, for the for the uh, yeah. everybody's running their air, but they'll do it now because certain areas, uh, you know, the spark uh, from the lines yeah, can can totally. cause can cause a brush fire. So interesting. I didn't yeah, even think about that. They're trying as hard as they can to. to yeah, stop you guys it. definitely are. It, it's it's um. If it seems like it's only getting worse. That's what it's felt like the last five years, I would say. It seems like it's just been going downhill is the only way I can explain it, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's just so fires you got, everywhere. You and Catherine still uh, looking at some, some mountain cities? Yeah, we we have to wait. I forget there was something mountain we were talking towns, about. towns, I should say. Yeah, it's on hold because we have to, or something our lenders, like you have to wait till March for some reason. I forget what the reason was, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we just it's on hold. I'm just trying to get my faucets fixed just now. I got a couple leaky faucets. So. I was uh, when I sent you the picture. I, I, I actually I was wondering what Catherine said because <laughs> she was here. She visited in summer, and she's like, "Oh, it's so it's actually really pretty. It's awesome." And then a month later, or two months later, I send you six feet of snow, full on blizzard conditions. Oh yeah, no, I showed her this right away. I was like, look at these pictures and this looks amazing. She's like, uh, nope, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And I was like, oh, I knew when she saw that she'd be, I knew she'd have a different reaction than I did. I get excited. She's just like, oh, it looks really cold. That's how I am. I'm like, I love it. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, I think it's time we jump in to yeah. uh, the topic for today's episode, this week's episode. Um, Talk a little bit of recovery for mountain athletes. Yeah, I'm super excited about this episode because I know there's a lot of people out there that like 
we were talking about earlier, deal with chronic pain, deal with injuries, yep. and if and they just that's ongoing. And so to be able to give some relief in that area, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. Uh, you know, this is what I do day to day at the recovery den, working yeah, with. Uh, You're in the trenches, dude. Yeah, I get to see. Uh, I got the clinical experience. Uh, number one, and then number two, being an athlete myself um, at a high level, competitive level. And then even to just being a, uh, just a, you know, now just wanting to stay active and not necessarily competing or going crazy with the stuff I used to do, but just have wanting to have longevity. Totally. Um, and I, totally. Doing these things. So, yeah. And I've always be. been in that space of just trying to be active, you know, for those reasons and health reasons. Yeah. So maybe we can just uh, start out um, talking about some of the uh, injuries that I see uh, on a day to day mm. um, with mountain athletes, and you know, uh, really, honestly, not just mountain athletes, but in general, I see a lot of the same types of injuries with people. Sure. Um, and then, uh, and I think there's there's you know two two parts to the injury side. You have the acute injuries. Uh, what's that's something that I tend to see more of with mountain athletes um, than the chronic injuries. Uh, so just for the listeners, like acute, I, I'll try to not throw out too many clinical terms, but uh, so acute just means like injury that happened um, within a 24 hour period, like an immediate injury, uh, chronic injury, something that you've been dealing with for a long time. Gotcha. And uh yeah, that's just, you know, it could be a injury that happened in your youth, like my case, um, being an amputee in, in my shoulder. It's something that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, and I have to, you know, constantly stay ahead of it in order to stay active and healthy and have longevity. But um, but then there's just the, the acute injuries that happen that you can't, you just don't, uh, can't anticipate. You don't know when they're going to happen. That could be... You know, you're out on the mountain bike and uh, take a fall over the bars or, you know, you're out on a trail run and you, you place your foot, um, you, you twist your ankle and, and mm. you know, place your foot in the wrong space and you get a little uh, ligament tendon um, inflammation or uh, so easy stuff. to do too. It's yeah. so easy to do. Yeah. I mean, pretty much you can go through every mountain sport and, you know, there's some type of injury that is associated with it as far as like right. that can happen real quick. Um, and that's what I see a lot. You know, it's, it, I've noticed running a, uh, a soft tissue recovery practice in, you know, with massage therapy or, or sports performance, sports recovery. It's funny because at, mountain athletes in particular, and I know this cause I'm the same way. And I know you are to an extent, Mike, as well. We tend to, address the problem when it's like there there's not a lot of um uh prevention like forethought about exactly and there are a lot of things you can do to make sure that when you do have those spills you go you know you fall you twist your ankle um if you're doing things ahead of time that recovery process is a lot quicker Mm. so you're, you're actually setting yourself up but yeah to what i was getting at is you know, a lot of times the athletes that end up at Mountain Wellness at the Recovery Den, 
it's something that you know they were out training they were out riding they they went down and and all of a sudden they're you know down for the count they can't move they can't ride they can't ski they can't board they can't you know do their thing and they're like they call me up like Corey, can you get me in today or like when's your soonest available appointment you know and they come limping in here and i get them on the table and do some body work and open them up and you know, do, do <laughs> open my- up sounds like surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I open them up. Dang, really? I didn't know you did that. <laughs> surgery yeah, about wellness. <laughs> Scalpel, please. Uh, <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, totally. When you yeah. mean, but what do you mean by that? Because there, there's definitely a, your style of when you say open them up. There's, you know, you have a way of of uh, how, how do you apply? It? What do you mean by that? Uh, that's a good question because opening up, I'm talking about um, the joint. So when I okay get an athlete and i it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who it is i'm gonna address the same thing with every athlete and that's making sure that they're mobilized from basically hip to shoulders Hmm. Um, because when we think about movement everything is is uh well the hips number one drive all movement so if you have any sort of you know limitations tension uh injuries in the hips like that's going to restrict movement altogether it's going to it's going to mess a lot of things up so when i say open it up it's like open those hips up gotcha Um, we want to and then from there you just move move up the the entirety of the back and what's called the posterior chain from lumbar to thoracic to the cervical spine and then also opening up the shoulders so when you think of movement you know, it's like I said, it's hips and shoulders. So you want full range of motion. You want to be able to put your arms straight up overhead. Um, and you want to be able to go into a deep squat, you know, just a deep, deep squat, ass to grass, um, with no sort of restrictions. And uh, most people can't do that. I mean, Mike, do you remember going to a CrossFit gym in the early years when the first thing they do was hand you a, a, a PVC pipe? And they would have you do an overhead squat. Oh, right, squat. right, right. Yep, yep. Yeah, and like that, it's like painful. You grab, and, and for the listeners yeah, we're not there, you used can, to going down that low. Yeah, totally. Right, and this is an assessment tool that I use, um, not necessarily for myself, but it's a it's a great way to, sh- to show individuals like their limited range of motion. And anybody can do at, this at yeah. home. Yeah, totally. just grab a PVC pipe or a broomstick or... Um, just basically uh, any type of stick like that and shoulder width apart, grab it like you're going to press it overhead and press it overhead and locked in a locked out position, just go into a squat. And as you start descending into your squat, what you'll, you'll find with the limited range of motion in your hips and your shoulders, mm. the first thing that happens is that that PVC pipe starts to collapse and your arms fall forward. So mm. that's, but when you're fully open through your whole posterior chain from hips to shoulders, you should be able to, at a full lockout position, that PVC pipe overhead, go into a, a squat, ass to grass with no pain at all, and that PVC mm. pipe should not collapse. Um, gosh, there's probably a very, very small percentage of people that can do that. I know right now if I grabbed a PVC pipe, I've, there would definitely be some impingements and restricted you know, range of motion on, especially my right shoulder. Cause that's, gotcha. that's my bad shoulder. But anyway, so when I say open up, that's what I mean. We open up the posterior chain. That's hips drive everything. That's all movement in sports are, are, are driven through the hips. Interesting. So, yeah. 
Um, so that's you know that that's a, a majority of the. I guess I, I see more of that with active individuals with the mountain athletes. And mind you, my practice is probably like, uh, it's growing, but maybe 30, 40% of uh, our mountain athletes, like very active individuals that, yeah. you know, are, are actually, you know, mindful of, of their training. They're not just out there weekend warrior style. Like, you know, well, yeah, I like to mountain bike. They're, they're pretty much, they're dialed in, you know, they're, they're mindful, they're athletes. Uh, but then I have the other, you know, uh, the other demographic of my practice. That's where I see more of the chronic injuries. Um, and those are like, and, and that's not to say these are sanitary individuals. I'm just talking about when I think of mountain athletes, you know, these are, um, these individuals that are, are pushing a little, it. A little more extreme for sure. They're a little bit. Yeah, it's exactly. Sponsored, a bit more sponsored athletes. Um, yeah, Totally. At whether they're young, aspiring uh, to be professional athletes, amateur, yeah. Um, but still, they're they're still pushing the limits. Um, right. But then I have you know your weekend warriors and your. It's funny in Montana, you know, California. You, think you call them the soccer moms, and here it's like we don't have the soccer moms, but they they're into different things. You know, it's like trail running or cross country skiing, or it's more of the saying, outdoor Montana, mountain sports for yeah. sure. Yeah. So that's really my other demographic. There. We do. We, we, uh, it's people are definitely active in the outdoors. So that's, you know, I, I have that demographic of clients and those are the ones that I tend to see more of the chronic injuries. Those are the ones that come in here with, you know, chronic lower back pain or, um, you know, chronic shoulder pain or honestly wait, just what? chronic pain. Why do you think that is? Is that because they are, is that something they've had since their childhood or from their past? Or is that something they probably did on a weekend warrior adventure and they've been dealing with it? I don't know if you know what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, there's, I mean, honestly, there's so many variables to it. But I think the biggest one is um, not having a good health and wellness regimen. Oh, so as we thought and prevention yeah, and stuff too. Gotcha. So one of the first ones that comes to mind that is like the most important for longevity, in my opinion, is strength conditioning. Like mm. having a good strength and conditioning uh, protocol that complements your mountain sport is crucial. It's like it, it it's so okay. key because as we age, that's the thing. It's like you know most of the most of the the clients that i see with the chronic injuries you know they definitely are are they're not your your 20 year olds you know they're not the body's so much more resilient um when you're young right right so but when you are trying to do the same sport you know these action adventure sports that are hard on the body and then you're not mindful of proper movement mechanics uh, nutrition protocols, um, and and we and I and also just going back to strength conditioning, like having a strength program is is so crucial. So, but you're saying if I was sorry, no, if no, you, no go you're ahead. saying if if I was on the computer five days a week 
and not really exercising, not really doing much, just doing my routine at home, working in my room and everything like that. But then on the weekend, I go out <laughs> do a gnarly rock climb and I'm swinging from the rocks and all that stuff. It's like my body's not prepared. It went from not doing anything but sitting in a chair for a while and then all of a sudden I'm out there just like swinging from the rock. That, no, that's that, a great example. Yes, that's that's exactly it. Because if right, you think about rock climbing, the hardest thing... Uh, like one of the hardest things with rock climbing on the body is like tendons because you're just, you know, you know, the, the tension and the clinching right, just, that you do with yeah. your fingers and sometimes you go to slip. So a lot of injuries with rock climbers tend to be like um, tendon ligament tears, ruptures and mm. stuff like that. Uh, so if, yeah, if you are mostly sanitary throughout the week and and that's not saying you're an unhealthy individual it's just you don't right you know have anything other than say your you know occasional climbing um that's definitely going to set you up Uh, you have a higher risk for injury because you're not doing things to help you prevent that injury and there's no daily routine or anything there's no daily routine yeah and uh, you know you you'd want to be doing stuff like you know, explosive movements, for example, like kettlebells, like cleans, um, or even barbell cleans mm-hmm. or, um, uh, dumbbell snatches. So these are really explosive movements that, uh, are going to complement your sport. Gotcha. So if you're taking, you know, say for example, if you're taking a 50 pound dumbbell and you're doing a dumbbell snatch from ground to overhead and that's happening in less than a millisecond, well, the soft, I'm sorry, the fast twitch muscles that you're you're firing upon and then the tendons, the load that you're putting on your tendons and ligaments. If you're doing that, if you have, you know, on a regular basis, you're you're strengthening those ligaments and tendons, which is going to, you know, in turn getting help you to prevent injuries and have longevity. So, gotcha. yeah, super, super important. Um, and then, uh, you know, some of the injuries that I see a lot, like I would say one of the biggest is lower back. Right. And I bet that, that is like the, the biggest complaint, the biggest injury that people roll in here and are dealing with. I'd love with. to know why, why that is and what the upfront stuff is on, on maybe prevention or whatever you. Yeah. I, you know, my thing is I've been doing this type of work for almost a decade now. And I've been working in sports recovery, sports performance specifically now for, I don't know, about five of those years. Mm. And I, with my background in CrossFit and my last practice being in a CrossFit gym, I feel like that definitely gave me a, a very good understanding of not only movement, but um, the importance of stability. And you and I had a conversation the other day off, you know, offline about, I was talking about the importance of um, stability on the joints. So when we think about lower back injuries or, or people that are coming in complaining of lower back pain, what I find mm-hmm. when I'm working on them, I noticed that they're, lumbar region so let's just say from hamstrings their glute muscles and their lower back muscles are underdeveloped 
Uh, like very, very much underdeveloped. And it's when we think of uh, like the bone structure, the muscles are what supports that structure, right? Mm, That's the muscles right. are, are what keeps the joint in place. And there's a sweet spot. We don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be hyper mobile where you don't have like enough muscle or your, your muscles aren't, um, you don't have that strength and that, uh, that, te- you know, that, that tension or that, that sort of like stability in the muscle. Um, so that tends to, to cause injuries when you don't, you know, you don't have good muscular development in the lower back. And you think about all of the, there's just so much, so many nerves down there. And um, does that go back to what you were saying in the beginning about first thing you said is about astrogress getting down, get being able to squat and assess right away. You would know, okay, all these areas are weak. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's totally you, you would, that's going to really address and show you your restricted range of motion. But let's say, I said, okay, here's your workout. I want you to do a hundred air squats. So for the <laughs> listeners have never done an air squat before, like air squat is literally just, uh, pretend like you're sitting down in a chair and then get back up. That's you squat up and down. So uh, initially you might go a oh, hundred. It's not that, you know, it's not that much, but what you'll find is I'll put someone i'll have them do 100 air squats and then the next day i'll talk to them like oh my gosh i can't even like i'm yeah, so sore i can't even right. sit down on the table uh my lower back <laughs> sore and that you know that right there tells you that you're way underdeveloped like you you're not getting enough movement uh on that yeah. you know your your lower extremities and building up those muscles gotcha. to support your lower back um gotcha and that's yep. that's why i i tend i i see a lot of injuries i think that's why I, there's a lot of injuries um, gotcha yeah i don't i you're right i wouldn't i i would think most people in general unless they were athletes of in some capacity would not be doing that as a regular th- basis at all. I, I get it. Yeah. And sitting can't be good for you. I mean, a lot of us have sitting jobs and I get, I'm imagining that can't be good for us at all. Yeah. Just j- exactly. Daily position. Six um, hours, you know, seven hours, eight hours. Yeah. Cause when you're, you know, biomechanically, when you're sitting at a desk, you're, you're hinged. So your, you know, your hip flexors are, are tightening up. They're shortening. So those get tight. Your lower or I'm sorry, your back muscles, upper back muscles are elongating because you got your hands out in front of you working on a keyboard. So those tend to get, you know, tense. Um, yeah. And then you, then you go to stand up and you, <laughs> you're like, oh man, what the heck? It feels so tight. And right. So having a good uh, program is, is definitely key for injury prevention. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, even on the with the more active individuals and the more fit individuals, like true athletes, I still see the same issues. And mm. I still see, you know, areas that they could definitely add some complementary work. And that's, you know, it's definitely going to help prevent injuries in the future. But it also, definitely can increase performance. It will increase performance. 
Uh, and right. uh, it, it's you know it's it's definitely a, a huge compliment to any mountain sport. So aside from like like the lower back injuries, unless unless there's more to it, are there other uh, areas that you see injuries like common injuries, universal? Um, honestly, the other one I, I, I get a lot of is headaches. I get a oh. lot of people that come in. So lower back pain, joint pain, you know, knee and shoulders, and then right. headaches, which all of those in, in a lot of ways are, are definitely interlinked with each other. Um, mm. but that's, it's, it's great. Actually, you brought up the other injuries, headaches in particular, because, um, that, addresses another issue that I tend to see with all of um, honestly across the board with my clients and, and people I work with is nutritional imbalances in particular minerals. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that because I, <laughs> I had my day with minerals, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you don't have your minerals in balance, the essential minerals, sodium, potassium, magnesium in particular, um, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's going to cause a lot of issues. And the biggest one I see is chronic tension. So, if you don't have a good sodium-magnesium balance, um, I, I, like, people just, you just carry chronic tension. And that has its you know, downstream effects. And one of the biggest is headaches. But, you know, that goes back totally. And that goes back to even, um, you know, the acute and chronic injuries. It Hmm. could be, you know, mineral mineral deficiencies over time. Chronic mineral deficiencies can honestly set you up for injuries. So it might not even be an impact injury where you're, you know, stepping wrong and twisting your ankle or going over the bars on your bike. It could be, you know, your magnesium, for example. Like, I think I've read it uh, from many sources that pretty much the whole population is low in magnesium. And there's many oh. reasons for that. You know, there's mainly because the our soil is so depleted of nutrients that the, you know, fruits and vegetables and food just don't have the, the nutrient value that they used to. I got a quick story about that, too. Yeah. On the magnesium, uh, I think I told you this one. My buddy of mine, he's got a, I don't know, he said he was giving me a hard time or teasing me about taking magnesium when we were out on the trail. I was taking it as a, a sleep aid. And I saw him, you know, a few weeks later, we were playing the, the documentary for him on the trip. And he said, you wouldn't believe this, but my son who's dealt with um, depression uh, and some issues for most of his life, he was being treated with magnesium therapy and apparently it was curing him of his issues and i was thinking wow magnesium i think he was taking some kind of prescription pill to deal with uh his issues and they switched it to magnesium and it seems to have been curing his issues which i thought was incredible yeah that's uh i believe it i i believe it it's um Magnesium is a cofactor for over 300 enzymes in the body. So you think about how many different systems. If you're affecting over 300 systems in the body, you're definitely going to, you know, it's going to cause some issues. Uh, and then they say magnesiums definitely have like, it has nootropic effects. Hmm. And I've read that 
functional uh, integrative docs, medicine physicians will use it to get people off of SSRIs, like antidepressants. Okay, I think that's what this the case was here is 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 yeah. uh, dealing with depression that I didn't know magnesium could combat that. I just didn't even realize that. Yeah, I mean, but there you um, you were talking about headaches earlier, and I'm thinking you know there's got to be a yep. connection between depression and headaches somewhere. It's all yeah, 100. You know. That's the first thing when I have a, a client that comes in and, and is suffering with migraines, chronic headaches. Mm. They're getting you know, multiple headaches every week. That's the literally the first thing that I address is like, okay, what is your 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 mineral in, intake look like? And most people are like, interesting. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> right, oh. right, right. Because salt, it's uh, you know, we're talking about magnesium, but sodium is another one of those. Yeah, you know, it, it's. Most people have been taught to avoid salt, like sodium's bad, causes hypertension, and um, you know, stay away from salty, greasy foods. Uh, you definitely want to stay away from the greasy foods, the fried foods. But um, there's a there's a lot more to that story than just you know staying away and avoiding salty foods altogether, high sodium. The uh, most of like the the types of foods that affect you in a negative way, it's the preservatives. It's, it's the highly processed packaged foods that are, you know, what a great a perfect example would be like top ramen. <laughs> um, <laughs> and how many backpackers? Let's be honest. I know that you oh, guys yeah. are out there. There's so many people that that that's what they're using when they're yep. they're on trips. You know, and it's it's um. That's not the sodium we're talking about. That's that's not the good stuff. Um, you definitely don't want to be consuming that. However, if you, it's very important to be getting, especially for athletes, to be getting about you know anywhere from three to five grams of of a good high quality salt. Um, I I like Celtic sea salt. Uh, that's that's my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. But any type of sea salt, where you know you got just the essential minerals it's not stripped down table salt is what is it a sodium chloride it's it's literally just salt that's been stripped of every mineral and it's down to just uh that sodium chloride molecule and and mm. mike do you have this experience where you go to put salt on at like a restaurant and you're like this salt just tastes weird <laughs> yeah so i don't even use salt from yeah a, from i don't either anymore I, me either but so anyways yeah salt is a is a crucial part in um mm-hmm. you know having good uh just mu- muscle function overall and not carrying that chronic tension so minerals are a, a huge part of of that that's so that speaks to the prevention side of of uh what you're saying is, is you know, these are these are four. This is forethought. What we were talking about earlier about just, yeah. Hey, how can I avoid injuries? Well, because I know you've been caught on the trail before I started doing minerals and things, where I was dizzy or blacking out, or you know, I was having major issues, and it was you know, we traced it back to a little bit of dehydration and mineral imbalance. Yeah, and uh, it, it's funny because that I had, um, you know, Kenny Kane is the one that brought it to my attention, the whole mineral imbalance thing. Cause I was doing a CrossFit competition, the working wounded games in Virginia at CrossFit Rubicon. 
Remember those years? Yeah. <laughs> awesome time. It was a great time. Yeah, it was amazing. And um, I was in like workout number three or four, and I was getting this gnarly calf cramp. And Kenny just was like, yeah, dude, you need to get your minerals in balance. I was like, what? I drink water. <laughs> He's like, no, <laughs> like your minerals, your essential minerals. And yeah, I didn't think much of it in the moment, but uh, later got home and I think I had, I was still kind of experiencing some cramping after I got home and my training and stuff. And so anyways, I went down that rabbit hole of starting to study minerals and stuff. And man, I, when I, I really got my minerals dialed in, I couldn't believe um, how much better I was across the board. I mean, my sleep improved the, yeah. I wasn't carrying that chronic tension um, in my muscles, my shoulder my bad shoulder it was didn't seem to flare up i didn't have the the flare ups and so that was a that was a sort of huge uh i guess eye opener of like man minerals are are crucial and there's a reason why they're called essential <laughs> right right we need them totally and we deplete uh, them i guess obviously doing all of the the harder you go out into the mountains or into the outdoors, especially in the heat too, that we deplete all of that. Is that the that's the main idea? Is we're depleting those things quicker? Yeah, you, exactly. You, well, let's talk about that. That's a good. It's good you bring that up because you and I both experienced that with starting mm-hmm. to incorporate saunas. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was already mindful of minerals. I knew the importance of of having minerals in balance. Um, then I get an infrared sauna. I'm all stoked about it. And just like with everything, I tend to overdo it a little bit in the beginning. (laughs) And, uh, I wasn't mindful of the amount of like the amount of, I was sweating. I was having high turnover of, of minerals and I wasn't replenishing. I was just maintaining the same, you know, supplementing the same amount I was doing every day. And, you know, fast forward a couple of months, I started to experience, you know, I would, dizziness and fatigue and, you know, I was like, all right, what's going on here? And I kind of had to take a step back and, and realize like, oh crap. Well, yeah, if I'm in the sauna for 30 minutes, five to seven days a week and, you know, sweating profusely, I'm probably definitely depleting minerals and it's important mm-hmm. that I, uh, so now I have a protocol, you know, when I, first thing I do before I go in the sauna is about a liter and a half of water with electrolyte mix. And, and then, you know, after, cause typically I do my sauna before, uh, in the evening and then even before bed, a couple hours later, I'm doing more sodium and more magnesium. And that's, uh, that corrected itself. Things got, yeah. I, I definitely feel better, but yeah. So you definitely, um, you got to be mindful of, of activity levels and how lifestyle changes can affect that. Another one that a lot of people don't realize that can cause mineral depletion is uh, fasting or doing the, the keto diet, getting into a state uh. of ketosis. Um, and that was another area where I was able to ex- like learn a lot about the importance of minerals. And have you had that experience when you do... 
I know you're aware of it now, but in the beginning when you started doing intermittent fasting or fasting or, or a keto approach, where you, you kind of felt like crap. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that's what they call point. the keto keto flu, yeah. and it makes sense. It's related to, you know, you don't feel great, and you can get headaches, and you can get just that that feeling of fatigue, and you're right. That would make sense, you know? Yeah, and there's a lot going on physiologically with that. Um you right. know, when you're in a state of ketosis, your your muscles aren't holding as much water because your glycogen stores have been depleted, and um, and then your you know your your kidneys just they they dump a lot of uh, a sodium. So yeah, like that that's another area where if you're utilizing a, a a keto approach or intermittent fasting or fasting, like minerals minerals are really important, and that mm-hmm. goes right into injuries. You know talking about recovery today so if you you know you've listened to our previous episodes and you're like trying out you know trying to get more metabolically flexible and um gearing more towards a high fat low carb approach or or fasting and stuff like that and uh and you're feeling like crap and then you go out and and you're doing you know your mountain sports and that you you know, it could set you up for injury. You got to be because of those mineral imbalances is what I'm getting at. So uh, you got to be mindful of all those different things. Hmm. Crazy. Um, Um, One thing that we didn't talk about and uh, is also um, I guess not impact injuries, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like durability. So on your backpacking trip, for example, uh, you experienced your, your knee issue on, I don't know how many miles in or how many days were you in at that point? Uh, so we were probably in about three days. And the one thing I did notice Prior to that, is that my legs in general were just super tight. Like they, they my yeah. mu- I could feel them, the tightness of my mus- my muscles and my legs and stuff. Because we trained, so we we trained our bodies for the trip. That, I think that was pretty well dialed in. But still, once we got out there, I started getting really tight, and we weren't doing any stretching or any kind of prevention once I was there. Yeah. Which I realize, you know, that was a mis- <laughs> that was a clear mistake on my part. Yeah, and sometimes like I think backpacking is a, a good example of uh, your training that's going to complement the best is probably just putting a pack on at the same weight that you're planning on carrying and yeah, and doing some step ups or just getting out on the trail, which you guys did. But uh, from you know what I think happened on that is just your muscle got so tight that it just basically. Uh, you lost all your absorption. You lost your suspension. And that's how I like to think of uh, the muscles. Um, they really are uh, shock absorbers in a lot of ways. Man, that's um, a great way to describe it as suspension because that's what it feels like I lost totally. Everything yeah, was just tight. Right? And so nothing wanted to give. Because you probably got to the point where when you loaded it, when you actually put your foot on the ground and you loaded it, you almost felt like it was just going to like give out. Um. And in and, and your muscle was just chronically tight, you, and that yeah. was from the repetition. You had just 
there was so much load and, and the repetition yep. over that amount of time, it just chronically just honestly fatigued the muscle. And that's going back to where, you know, having a solid strength and conditioning program um, is, you know, it's, it's key for longevity, but, uh, but yeah, that's just, um, you know, there's, there's ways to address that on the trail. And we talked about that, you know, being able, just carrying like a lacrosse ball uh, and doing a little bit of trigger point work, like mobility work when you get um, in camp that night in your 10 or, you know, just knowing what it is and how to address it is uh yeah. it can be it can change the whole trip because that something really small honestly from you know n- knowing what i know about soft tissue and and injuries like that's very it's not even an injury you just basically your muscles got so tight that you lost your uh the ability to absorb impact and then it just loads that which that is joint. interesting because i thought it was an injury i thought because i remember when i was a kid yeah. they explained this to me i've had it before that uh, the doctor said that oh well you have in your knees you have these two bones and their bones are rubbing on each other and that's why you have this issue is grinding and I, i'm like okay that makes sense i guess i'm gonna have this rest of my life and yeah. I, I don't believe that's true because after a couple of days on the trail it went away and i'm like if i had this if this was it should have just progressively gotten worse and i would not have been able to walk at one point but that's not what happened it recovered yeah. After a couple of days out there, it started to just get better, and then I was fine. And so, definitely had to be uh, like what, muscular related, or like you said, the tightness is definitely. Yeah, it was uh, that chronic tension. But the thing is, yeah. the other analogy that I've come up with to try to explain, even help myself understand it, and then explain it to my clients of, of think about a guitar and tuning mm-hmm. a guitar. Like, there's a sweet spot to have it in tune you can't have the string too tight if it's too tight it's eventually going to snap if it's too loose it sounds like crap (laughs) this is great (laughs) it doesn't right it doesn't perform well Um, so when we think of the muscles it's very similar um, because like each muscle has an action right it has an insertion point and it has the the origin like the two attachment points. So if we, if we think about the two attachment points, but then the muscle tightens up, like what's it going to do? It's going to pull on both of those attachment points. And those attachment points are the tendons and the tendons attached to like to the joint. So, or there that's, that's part of the joint. So if you are in, let's just use the backpacking trip as an example you can mm-hmm. cause a serious injury if your muscles are that tight because the load mm-hmm. it's putting on the tendon, sure. it, it's really setting you up for a rupture. An injury, so, yeah. Got yeah. It. So if you back off and you address it and do some soft tissue work and loosen that muscle up to where it's it, it stops basically getting your, your muscle back in tune, just like you would a guitar... Now your your risk of injury or that string snapping is a lot less. And let me ask you this because interesting you brought that up about the recovery part of it because I remember when the injury went away the day prior we had had a zero day so we didn't do any backpacking yeah. it was a rest day basically which we hadn't had in three days and so that rest day plus we went in the water which was about you know forty degrees forty five degrees so we were soaking our our legs on purpose to try to help with recovery so I'm sure those things helped. Uh, 
you know, help help me get over the the issue. It helped, um, but as you you know, as you mentioned that, the other thing that comes to mind too is also being mindful of active recovery. I know you probably heard that term before. So, if you on your backpacking trip had a a thirty five pound backpack, walking on you know have an elevation gain, uh, significant elevation gain on uneven right. terrain where you're loading it, like that's a lot of work that that's your muscles a, taking, yeah. right? But then you stop and you get into camp that night. You don't address it. Like right, let's you just say you do, you do nothing. You just totally. sit there. Well, you're still going to have the, the, the recovery process, the natural, the body's natural process uh, of, of recovering muscle. And yeah, you could definitely like, get so tight and so sore just through that the, the body's natural process of, of recovering mm-hmm. that muscle that's been broken down and, and had that used throughout the whole day um so you honestly probably are better off getting up and uh and walking around getting some blood flow in there moving it rather than just being like oh i'm just gonna stay off of it today i'm not i'm not gonna use it at all so what would be something for like prevention as far as going out? Let's say we're going backpacking. We're going out there. Yeah. First day out, we went 10 miles, you know, we're, we're wiped out, which is exactly what <laughs> exactly what happened. We were burnt. Uh, we went a couple miles past where we thought it was all uphill. We were fried. Like, what would you do on an end day like that? Like to kind of dial yourself back in a little bit for the set up yourself up for the next day. Yeah, the first thing I would do is uh, address my electrolyte minerals because um, mm-hmm. you've been okay. hiking all day long, right. high s- sweat turnover, you know, you depleted a lot of minerals and then just the, you know, you're doing a workout, you're physically active. Yep. So you need to think about the the essential minerals, the essential fatty acids and the protein Let's just call it the micronutrients that you need in order to re- have that that repair, so your body mm. is able to repair, um, and recover from that activity. So gotcha. first thing is is address nutrients, micronutrients, and then I would say um, do some soft tissue work on yourself, and that everybody's got different areas that tend to light up, or you know, for me, it's my left ankle. When I'm mm-hmm. when I am doing backpacking trips, so I'm carrying a load. Because being an amputee, uh, a lot of the wow, right? You know, I take a step, and my left foot has to um, compensate for sure. the right side because I don't have any sort of I don't, I don't have a foot that works on the right side. So balances all my balance is compensated on the left. Wow, so typically, right. that's where I really start feeling it. I get that the feeling that you get sure. in your knee, I get in my ankle. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so uh, doing some just self massage um, or a lacrosse ball, learning how to use a lacrosse ball, um, and I guess. You know, give some exam, give a good example because it's one thing to say use a lacrosse ball, but people are like, well, how do you use a lacrosse ball? Plus, um, I don't want to carry that damn thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what about a rock? I, could you use a rock? I mean, you kind of could. Maybe. I mean, if you wanted to get really, if you were really concerned about weight backpacking, I would uh, trigger point mobility. I know it makes those massage balls. 
and they cool. probably are only are a few ounces. It's uh, not like a, a heavy, dense lacrosse ball. Right. So you might want to just invest in and buy a, an actual mobility massage ball rather than lacrosse ball. Nice. Um, but yeah, learning how to use that and just address the the, the tight areas. And I'll say that. Right. Um, Think of it this way. Most of, as a massage therapist, I find that uh, most tension is found in the belly of the muscle. So let's just take the bicep. The bicep, um, right in the middle of it, the most, like, uh, the medius part of the muscle on your arm, that would be the belly of the muscle. And typically when you have an adhesion or a, a tension, a knot, it's it's always found right in the belly of the muscle. Um, so when you're, if it's your knee, you'd want to go in and, and take the lacrosse ball to the, the belly of your quadricep, like right in the middle of the top of your quadricep. Interesting. Um, so lay in your tent, throw the lacrosse ball down on your, on the floor, lay on your stomach and, and place the lacrosse ball right in the middle of your quad and then start, bring your foot to your, uh, like up to your butt and just do some, just keep the ball right on that, that basically like find the sore spot and then just do some, go through your range of motion, kick your, your heel up to your butt. And that'll sort of break down that soft tissue, bring in, bring in some increase the blood flow and, and all that good stuff. But that would be a way to, that's what I would do if you were out on the trail. Which, which, kind of leads me to the i guess the next question is are some some tools aside from like the cross balls things like that as well the types of tools that we could you know that you and i use and that might be good for injury prevention i guess is that what it would be yeah for sure because we talked about well we talked about acute and chronic injuries and then we talked about how to uh, address those um and then uh talk a little bit about prevention and some of the ways that we can make sure we have longevity. Um, so I would say uh, getting, find yourself, it's very, it's really important to find yourself a good body worker, find mm-hmm. yourself a good massage therapist. Um, so that way when injuries do come up, you have someone that can, you know, address them and get you back up, back and going. Uh, getting regular work done is important uh, for longevity, especially as we age. Um, mm. And then uh, just being uh, like addressing nutrition is a big one. As we talked about mineral imbalances and stuff like that, uh, making sure that you're addressing all those essential minerals and, and making sure your nutrition's on point. I think those are, and having a good strength and conditioning program. I think those are definitely crucial for longevity um, to be healthy and stay fit in this space. Gotcha. Do you use a foam roller? Or do you, I what do. do you use for Well, I got recovery. the I do. I use I, not that much anymore because I got that crazy Infinity Therapeutics massage chair. So oh, I, my protocol yeah. is yeah, my protocol is the chair for 30 minutes and then the infrared sauna for 30. And that's been like excellent. Dang. And we didn't, you know, we didn't really talk too much about heat and uh, 
like icing and stuff like that. Um, I'm a big fan of heat, especially saunas. That's uh, something we use at the recovery den quite a bit with mm-hmm. injuries. Um, just increasing blood flow. That's like the, the biggest plus of getting in an infrared sauna. Uh, we could do a whole nother episode on uh, infrared saunas and photobiomodulation and, and red light therapy. But yeah, so um, infrared light or infrared therapy is amazing for treating injuries and recovery and stuff like that. So that's my protocol. But yeah, to answer your question, foam roller is, is great. It's just learn. It's knowing how to use them. I think we talked about that uh, before. Um, foam roller is great for addressing fascia, you know, the superficial layers of muscle, and then using a lacrosse ball for like deep tissue work and doing like more trigger point work. And that's the thing going back to finding a good massage therapist is, is crucial because what that does is it 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 you start to become more aware of your body and i tell my clients all the time when i'm working on them i'll be doing moves i'm like okay look like feel what i'm doing right now you can do this with a lacrosse ball you can do this move with a foam roller and Mm. if you can start to build uh or put together a routine that addresses your individual needs um that's the best thing you can do. You can like for me, I, I, you know, before I had the chair and the sauna and, you know, I have this amazing place, the recovery den. Um, I had a 10 minute routine that I did every single day on the foam roller and the the lacrosse ball. And it was just, you know, it was like brushing my teeth. And that was, uh, in my case, it was, it was really important. I did it because of my shoulder. That was the big reason why I started doing it. Mm. Um, but yeah so well the hard thing is is like i I sometimes and i think you're right about having a therapist to to help because there's some parts of the body that are also just difficult to get that pressure on with a foam roller or lacrosse ball sometimes it's just like i had tennis elbow and i had that i couldn't I couldn't really get to it and put the right kind of pressure on where I needed to dig. And so I ended up getting one of those roll flex uh, devices that's like a, yep. like pinches down on it and compresses on it. And I was able to heal it using that tool. So I realized how valuable some of the tools can be just be just for hard to reach areas, I guess. Yeah. Tools are totally, man, there's like, there's a lot of great tools out there and I mean, they're all doing the same thing. As far mm-hmm. as like, you know, or, I see what you're saying. Sure. Or, or it's just getting that soft. angle and that pressure that yep. you can't get with another tool, with a different tool. But That's understanding it's, 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 uh, starting to pay attention or understanding like the, the muscles and what, what they do, like what's the action of the muscle, mm. um, and once you start, and that's where, that's what I'm saying. Like working with a massage therapist is, is great because you can have conversation, especially in a, you know, a sports, like if you seek out a, a sports therapist, a, you know, someone that is working in medical and sports massage, gotcha. or you don't have freaking like <laughs> that spa music playing and it's all about being I see quiet. What you're it's not a foo-foo-y thing, right? Totally. No, it's like, it's this is a, it's a very, you know, there's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of communication going back and forth. Um, 
and you know you're there's a, it's a lot of communication because I want my clients to leave empowered to know okay well the reason I you know have limited range of motion on my left hip is because my hip flexor gets tight because of this reason and mm-hmm. you know Corey showed me how to do trigger point on my hip flexor and now I don't have to come in and call him up every time that hip flexor flares up because I can spend five minutes every day just laying on a lacrosse ball and it's going to avoid, you know, that flare up. Gotcha. So that's why, that's why it's just, it's really good to, to find a good massage therapist or, you know, anybody that works in sports recovery, soft tissue specialist. I'm not big on chiropractors, but that's another show. (laughs) We can have a conversation (laughs) about, uh, and not to say there's not good chiropractors out there. I, I think there's some amazing body workers, but in my clinical experience, I've, uh, seen seen it time and time again where i'm like eh, i don't know i feel like uh massage therapy is a, a better approach but like i said conversation for another day <laughs> yeah hey cool um but yeah so i think that's got some good info to chew on there mm-hmm. what about on your end yeah no i have a uh i think i think the key for me is is the forethought, like you said, of prevention of what are the things I can do? Maybe you could just sum up a couple of things for general going into the mountains or general activities. What are some of the things that you could do to prepare to avoid an injury? So minerals, I know we're one. Yeah. So yeah, totally. Address your, look at your nutritional, um, like look at your nutrition um, specifically your mineral intake and address that. If you're not, if you don't have some supplements um, with essential minerals, like your sea salt, magnesium, potassium, uh, address that right away. Like get that in your arsenal and start, especially before you're going out exercising, um, get that in. The other thing I would say is look at the individual's like sport that you do mm-hmm. and start to identify the muscles that you use most in that. And, uh, uh. you know, and, and once you identify the muscles you use a lot in a sport, start looking at exercises that complement that. So you can start strengthening those up and i'll give you an example so i know as a snowboarder um (laughs) the first uh the first like time going out in the new season my your hip flexors always get so you'll be like trying to strap your bindings on sitting down and you like my hip flexors would always cramp but you think about um the the amount of work that the hip flexors have to do um, in a sport like snowboarding, mm-hmm. um, you know, just hanging, like having a snowboard, like on a chairlift, for example, and you're, you're hanging your board, your legs hanging down, right. the board's hanging. Well, all that load is right on your hip flexors and then you're constantly like pulling it up. And so that muscle, you know, it's, it's, it's being worked more than it has been the entire, you know, six months before that. So going before into you can snowboards, get on the slopes. Yeah. yeah. 
So like, you know, as you transition into snow season, starting to do exercise that complement and start to strengthen your hip flexors and, and your glutes and your hamstrings to build st- stability down in the area will set you up. So find the exercises that complement your sport. Um, oh no, that makes so it, much sense. Yeah, um, and I and I I will say like you can I can't say it enough on how complementary compound barbell movements are, and you know that's this is from me coming from a strength conditioning background as an action sports athlete. Like I grew up in that space, never put my hand on a barbell when I was in high school. The, you know, the only guys that I knew that were lifting weights were football players. And back in the nineties, it was like, Oh, don't, you know, you lift weights, you're going to bulk up. And I played traditional sports. I played baseball and our baseball training was like running. It was like, it was all conditioning. And we never did any strength work. Like we never were on a barbell. We never were swinging kettlebells. We never were doing explosive movements, right? Gotcha. And it wasn't until I got into uh, CrossFit and started learning, you know, Olympic lifting and, and power lifting and a lot of these really explosive movements. And then I saw the crossover because... Mike, you remember, mm-hmm. like I was competing in CrossFit, but I was also competing in wakeboarding. And I was also still training with the national snowboard team, the adaptive uh, U.S. pair snowboard oh, team. Oh, so you were seeing the crossover of all, all so of this movement. Exact, exactly. Like, uh, I literally was like, holy crap. If I would have been <laughs> wow. doing compound lifts, like gotcha. deadlifting, doing hex bar deadlifts, or even traditional deadlifts, or... yeah. Or, or power cleans or pre- military presses, like clean and jerks, like all these things that I learned and I saw how my physique and performance was increasing my athleticism. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it was so complimentary. So yeah, don't be afraid of, of the barbell and learning these really, you know, great compound movements. They're, they're just I can't say enough about how complimentary they are. And unfortunately, um, I think there's a huge disconnect in the outdoor space, you know, the, the action sports space with that, unless you have, you know, you've, you're a member at a CrossFit gym, you know, what CrossFit's about like, it's kind of, I feel like CrossFit made it more accessible. It introduced people to the barbell that did for me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For me, too. Yeah. I mean, I would never you know, have picked I, one up otherwise. And I loved right. it. I <laughs> miss it. <laughs> I do sandbags. Right, so, I got functional fitness in my backyard. It's not quite the same, but I miss the bar. The bar is amazing. Yeah. And the, the cool part is like, and that's what I tell everybody. It's not like I'm this uh, pro. You're like, oh, CrossFit's the only way. I just found in my experience that CrossFit taught me so much on how mm-hmm. to work out in the right way and how to move in the right way. And I don't belong to a CrossFit gym anymore, but I've taken a lot of the methodology because it works. You know, when I and I've taken the movements too and applied them to sand using sandbags or whatever. Same kind of movements. I just, just yeah, totally. And it doesn't matter if it's a barbell. It doesn't matter if it's kettlebell. You can still, you know, apply those compound explosive movements, and you see how complementary they are. But yeah, so. 
if you haven't done, if you don't know the first thing about working out or, or doing any type of like strength conditioning work, go, I tell people all the time, my clients like go join a CrossFit gym and don't have it in mind that I'm, you're going to be there for, you know, 10 years. Just take it as like, all right, I'm going to join. I'm going to, I'm going to learn, uh, get some good coaching, learn the movements, learn how to, you know, basically train. And then once you got the movements down, buy yourself a, some home, you know, get yourself a nice little home gym set up in the garage and, you, and you're good to go. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I did. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, I kind of went down a little rabbit hole there, but, um, I can't well, no, say we're just enough talking about prevention movements. Yeah. yeah, no, we're talking about prevention. And I think the, the key for me is, you know, knowing, okay, if I'm not, uh, an athlete that's constantly out there all week long doing a, a some kind of you know whatever it is, whatever your sport is. If I'm in my chair all week and I'm a more of a weekend warrior person, then I have got to do some kind of preparation. And we always do that. When we're backpacking. We'll train for a couple yeah. of months ahead of time. Any kind of event, climbing, whatever I'm doing, a month before I am <laughs> I'm out there every day doing something because I know what it means. You know, and so that's, but that's, you're saying, see, that's going to help prevent, not, it's not only going to give you the energy and this, what you need, but it's also on the other side, it's preventing injury. Preventing and you're performing better too. So yeah, you're going to, totally. you're going to, ex, you're going to have a better experience on and your, then your recovery is going to be, recovery is going to be easier. I'd imagine as well. Yep. So yeah, it's, yeah. Preparation is. He approaches everything going back to like episode one and two. It's uh, the more you can prepare, the better you're going to perform. That's, that's, that's all it comes down to. So sweet. sweet. All right. Well, I think the big takeaways for today's episode is um, nutrition, you know, address any nutritional deficiencies you might have minerals in particular. It's, I see it every single day, whether it's mm. uh, soft tissue uh, injuries, chronic tension, headaches. You know, a lot of times those can be addressed and just by getting minerals in balance. Mm. Um, number two, find yourself a good body worker, soft tissue therapist, mm. uh, physio, massage therapist. Um, I hate to say it, Cairo, but if you got a good Cairo and it's working for you, stick with it um, and just start to develop an awareness of your body. Don't, don't think mm. of that, that individual practitioner as your, you know, like, well, he'll fix everything. Um, start to learn from him, communicate and learn about your body. Like create an awareness because that's, that is the best thing you can do. Um, and then uh, number three, the just the the tools. Uh, we talked about foam rollers and the cross balls and and stuff like that. Uh, is a excellent excellent way to, to address some of these. Uh, basically, just doing it on a regular basis, um, a, a little bit of time each day can prevent you coming and having a bigger injury down the line. Mm. Awesome. Bada bang, bada boom. That was a, there's a lot with recovery, as you can tell. Yeah. A lot of variables. But 
developing that uh, that awareness of your own body is is so important. Sweet, yeah, brother. I agree. All right. All right, man. Um, well, thank you all for tuning into another episode. Uh, Mike and I are working hard. We're going to bring you guys some some guests. We're ready to to bring on some some people and hear some amazing stories. Yeah. I want to hear some stories of adventure. So we're working on that. Uh, be looking out future episodes for that. Thanks for all of the reviews, especially on iTunes. Um, we appreciate it so much and uh, keep them coming. It really helps us get up in the charts and um, helps the podcast yeah. to, to be known. And, uh, you know, Mike and I do this podcast because we really do want to empower you guys to be healthier individuals and, um, and just have longevity in this space. We love, we love what we do. We love mountain adventure. We love the lifestyle and, uh, we all want to do it for a long time. So that's why we publish these episodes and that's yeah. well said, man. So, that's mountain wellness right there. It's Mountain Wellness, right? So thank you all. Much love. And uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Yep. See you on the mountain. Later.